Hi, I'm Sofia Gomez, and this is Yes to Tom. Yes to Tom signifies yesterday, today, and tomorrow. This is a podcast that is dedicated to present history, politics, and a cultural discourse and see how it's evolved over centuries and decades. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing Black History Month, listening to a variety of black women that presently go to Meredith College and listen to their stories. We'll be having a two-part series on this topic with a total of four black women guests with all different ethnicities. In this first part, we have two special guests who are RAs who are also Afro-Latina and African-American. Thank you, Shyla and Hennessy's, for coming in today. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, yeah. I'm doing well. I'm doing it well. feels good outside. That's good. It's nice. real nice. So, I really want to know about you guys. Like, what do you guys do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Hennessy's, um, what's your story? Yeah. So, um, where do you want to start, girl? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> your upbringing. Yes. So, I, um, I was born in Puerto Rico, and when I was eight years old, my dad joined the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, 2008, my family decided to um, join my dad in his military uh, career, and we have been living in the U.S. ever since then. So I've lived in many different states, nice. um, and one of them was Fort Bragg, which led me to applying to Meredith College, and here I am. So that's part of my story, and that's why my name is Hennessy's, even though in English it is pronounced as Genesis. I pronounce it in Spanish because that's what, giving giving tribute to where I come from, deciding not to assimilate to American culture and just representing who I am wherever I go, you know? So Hennessy's as my name. Wow. What about you, Shyla? I've been not in North Carolina all my life. I was born in Methuen, Massachusetts. I've moved three times, so I've been in, up north most of my life, at least half, and then I've been half of my life here. But I think the biggest part of my story would be growing up in the north as an African-American woman and kind of figuring out where I stand a lot of the times I was too black for my white friends and, you know, too white for my black friends. So coming down to the South, I was like, okay, well, there'll be more more black people, more people like me. And I still actually feel the same way in regards to how I was up North. So it's kind of kind of connecting those two things mm-hmm. about my life. Yeah. So speaking on that, what's your guys' race? I know, Shyla, you oh, mentioned yeah. that you were you're African-American. African-American, yeah. And yeah. what about you, Hennessy? Okay, here it goes. So there... Oof. There's so many different uh, ways of describing my identity, right? So I can say I'm Puerto Rican. I can also say that I'm black because Puerto Ricans have a history of slavery in, in our country. And my dad is black by complexion, and then my mother is white by complexion, therefore mm-hmm. making me a mixed child in Puerto Rico. So I can say that I am Afro-Latina, Afro-Boricua. I can say that I'm mixed, too. <laughs> there are many different facets to my um, identity, which is also what has made me also struggle um, Mm -hmm. just because not many people understand uh, the history of Puerto Rico. I think when people think of Puerto Rico, they think of J-Lo. They think of, they don't think of the the Afro part of Puerto Rico. People don't think of that. You can't blame them, of course, because that's what is portrayed on social media. so it's been a journey trying to, I guess, explain to people that blackness is part of is part of who I am, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm glad to have this platform to be able to to speak about it and and all of the different attributes and things that go into it. 
Thank you. This is what it's about. All about cultural discourse yeah. to hear yes. the different yeah, yeah, stories yeah. from all you guys. It's yes. really exciting to have you guys on <laughs> yeah. here. Going back on that, what is your experience as an Afro-Latina and African-American here at Meredith College campus? I think what has been an interesting journey for me, it seems to me like oftentimes people like ignore what the what the issues are here. I think there aren't enough open spaces to talk about the problems that we have here at Meredith, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. amongst students. You could ask multiple black women on campus and you can ask them about what their experience has been like. And I know there are some that have really tragic and mm-hmm. horrible stories to tell about what they've experienced, but they don't have a place to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then I also think that the some of the students here at Meredith may not be ready to to kind of discuss that, right? To mm-hmm. to be open enough to admit their wrongs mm-hmm. and to admit that there needs to be growth on campus. I think there's like this thing about the campus being such a perfect, holy place where there's no issues, mm-hmm. you know? But that's just not the reality. Yeah, a yeah. lot of things are swept under the rug. You know, it's kind of like if you see something, say something. They'll see something yeah. and they won't say anything. On that, right, I've seen where in the classrooms I have personally felt like I'm the only person speaking up about something mm-hmm. because I sense that some of the girls here at Meredith who are let's be honest, who are white, they don't, they're afraid to speak up. Mm-hmm. It seems as though some of them are afraid to, like, speak up about, they don't want to get in that dilemma of having to stand up for something, mm-hmm. you know? But at the end of the day, it is extremely important because there's so many black girls who feel like they're not heard mm-hmm. or that they're not supported by white students here on campus. And I'm here to let you guys know, like, please, like, stand up with your sisters against the injustices here on campus, whether it's a microaggression mm-hmm. or or something that's directly racist, mm-hmm. it's important to speak up and to stand with your sisters, you know? Yeah. You just need to be a leader rather than, like, the follower. And I know that's scary, yeah. but, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, we're leaders and, you know, we, we take a lot. Yeah. Like, there's some yeah, I also crappy think, things, you know? Yeah, about on that, yeah. I don't think you necessarily have to have like a PhD or no. so much experience to speak up, mm-hmm. you know, for someone. I just think it's just to take a stand. To be aware. To be, to be aware, aware. To take a stand, to tell someone, hey, you know what? This person did to you in class, but and I hear you. I feel you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that to me, that's valuable. Mm-hmm. And I have sometimes not felt that in class, you know. And it has taken a lot of grit and a lot of self-reflection to realize and come back to my power and be like, you know what? Even... When I'm in class and no one says anything, I'm going to do my best to say something and try to communicate the best that I can. Yeah. And uh, check your biases, too. I mean, if that's something that you are biased about, that's something you could maybe have a conversation about with some of the women on campus. Like, if you recognize, like, oh, this is a, you know, you're talking about microaggressions and, like, you're learning about it and you're actively being like, oh, shit, like, I'm doing this to people. Maybe having that conversation with that Mm -hmm. person and being like, this is what I did, and I'm sorry. What can I do to do better? Mm-hmm. You know, having that conversation with somebody is important to have empathy, compassion for others. Definitely. It's mm-hmm. the only way, really. Yeah. Thanks, guys. What's your passion? Well, if y'all know me, you know, y'all know that I love the dance. <laughs> well, we don't know you. Um, so one of my passions is um, I love dancing, and I also love talking. 
certainly dancing is one of my number ones. Why is dancing one of your biggest passions, as you said? Like you said dancing before even talking. What brings those two hand in hand? Wow. Yes. So I think it all starts off with like a cultural thing, too. Mm -hmm. It is something that keeps me grounded as far as... I feel very detached from my home country, mm-hmm. being it having it being so far away and not being there constantly. So um, I also love the expression. I get to express myself. It's a very versatile thing, right? There's different forms of, I can do different types, different forms of, of dancing. And I love exploring and learning about myself and mm-hmm. also challenging myself in different ways. And I love that about dance. I am fortunate enough to have a mom that knows how to dance these dances. And for me, there are times where when I feel alone as well mm. or like when I feel this yearning and I need to feel like I belong somewhere, I do listen to this mu- yeah. to this music and I do dance alone because it's just, yeah. it is very grounding, as you said. And it makes you feel powerful. It does mm-hmm. make you feel powerful because not everyone can dance. There are dances that are for you. Like you just yeah. feel at home. You it's just like personal. It's very like, personal. Yeah. Thank you, Genesis. <laughs> Shyla, I mean, if you don't know me, one of my passions is art. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm an art education major, so that's my second passion, mm-hmm. education and teaching, because I believe that everybody deserves a right and opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what kind of form. I mean, art for me is also the same um, for Hennessy's as it is for dancing. Like, yeah. it's been my form of, like, therapy. Mm-hmm. It also kind of helped me explore, like, my African identity, like, African American identity, my queer identity just getting through life through art so mm-hmm. I mean it was a given like in high school when people were like what do you want to do for college I'm like something art like it has to be art it can't be anything else because that's like my life yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just translating that and you know and showing people like how I express myself through my like weavings through mm-hmm. my paintings sometimes I do poetry so with this passion what are your struggles that's in your major mm. I think the biggest thing is like learning about art from childhood till now mm-hmm. it's very focused on like european like renaissance stuff mm-hmm. so like i know all those people and then as soon as someone's like okay so what about an asian artist or like an african-american artist or an african artist and then i'm like i can give you one or like between one and five but if you gave me like european i could just mm-hmm. go off of my hands so i mean now i'm kind of relearning and educating myself on other like areas of art where i'm like lacking in what about you, Hennessy's? What are your yes. struggles with your passion in dance and talking? Yes. So about the accreditation, what's actually really awesome, actually, is that in the dance department, they do give credit to where tap comes from, where jazz comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, like, that's good. Yeah, so that's an awesome, amazing thing, and I'm really grateful for that, for making sure that it, that black history mm-hmm. in dance and dance is acknowledged, and I really love that. The struggles would probably be... It has been like a personal battle of being acknowledged by specific people. Mm-hmm. A battle of me trying to prove to like other people that I'm worth something, right? Mm. It, it started my freshman year, and I was able to build up my, uh, I guess, my repertoire. Like mm-hmm. I was able to build up my um, ability and to show people that I, I'm a good dancer. That although I may not do turns and although I did not grow up with the competition style that I'm still a dancer period and I'm glad that there are students who have been able to recognize that and um, that's a big pride right but from my freshman year it was always about trying to prove to other dancers that I was worth something 
it, it's hard for me to f- find out how people really feel about me today. Yeah. And I think maybe that's a problem, right? There's not a lot of, I guess, acknowledgement from the dance department within itself. I don't see a sense of um, community amongst everyone, right? It feels sometimes a bit cliquish if I'm really, if I'm being honest with myself. I look forward to a future where we all could just help one another mm-hmm. become our best selves and support one another through words of affirmation. And I look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I do think that living by example is certainly the first step towards getting there for myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm also very grateful for the space that we have in FIRE, which is a fierce international rhythmic experience. I'm extremely grateful to have that space where I can experience African dance styles and and things like Dunham and things like that where mm-hmm. I feel at home. I I really look forward to a future where there's more support, um, where you know the girls the girls feel like, you know what, I definitely should go to this fire class and experience African dance. It, it's it's an important facet of dance and it should not be overlooked. Very um, cool. when do you guys host these? Yes, okay. So we have our Saturday classes every Saturday at 3 p.m. at Weatherspoon Studio 31. Woo! Come join. They're absolutely fun. Your legs might hurt after, but it's worth it. (laughs) And you'll learn something new. That's right. Yeah. You know, as Mary College says, you you just have to experience it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Definitely. What have you guys learned from it, being Afro-Latina and African-American? I guess for me, it's going back and forth. Obviously, like I said earlier, like I'm too white for my black friends and too black for my white friends. That's not always the case, but sometimes it does feel like that if I'm talking about certain things or like just that's how I perceive myself. Um, But a lot of the times it's a lot of self-reflection and kind of going back into myself and being like, where is this coming from? Like, what can I do to improve myself? And just kind of accepting that maybe mm-hmm. I am, you know, too black for my white friends, too yeah. for my black friends. And I have to be okay with that because at the end of the day, I have support from the friends that I do have and, yes. like, the family that I made here. Yeah. And, like, that's just really important to me. But also, like, everybody's experience mm-hmm. as an African-American, as an Afro-Latina, as any person is different from everybody else's. And, you know, my experience is valid and everybody else's experiences are valid. So just kind of knowing that and going on with life knowing that that's like the case for me so like while I still feel like I'm not accepted I know that I'm valid and I know that other people see me for like who mm. I am what <laughs> Ooh. so you know they say I learned this over the summer and it goes if the same issue happens over and over again it means you haven't learned a lesson yet mm-hmm. which is deep right there we go yep 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 so yesterday I decided I'm going to be me and I'm going to do it unapologetically um, because I am Hennessy's. That's who I am. And some people may not like it. How you feel about it is not my responsibility. The perception that you have of me, that you've created in your mind, although it may be true for you, but it certainly is only one facet of who I am, Mm -hmm. not who I am wholeheartedly, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm speaking about a negative experience in that case, right? Mm Because I'm not a perfect human being. Yeah. No one is. It is none of my business. Mm Mm-hmm. I decided that I was not going to be limited by the idea. I'm not going to be limited what other people think of me. I'm going to be me. I'm going to do me, and I'm going to be the. I'm going to do the best thing that I could do, to uplift other people, to influence other people, and that is it. Then that's that's what I've learned. Wow. In regards to the dance department, 
But sometimes I also feel that way too about the, the political science department. Um, and I don't mean as far as like the actual department, I mean in the sense of the students. Talking about that, what I've learned as far as like when I'm in the political science classrooms, sometimes when I'm asking a question in class, I feel shamed for asking a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that upsets me so much because we're here to learn and everyone has a right to ask a question. Mm-hmm. I think what is extremely valuable is that when someone's asking a question, I always learn to listen and not to act like you know the answer because maybe by listening, you will learn something, mm-hmm. right? I've learned to ask the questions unapologetically, and that is that. Thank you. Um, What growth that you'd like to see on Meredith campus and in society? I look forward to people admitting their wrongs and people having a perspective of growth, learning from our mistakes. That's what I look forward to. I think that's throwing shade at cancel culture. Yeah. (laughs) Hold people accountable, yes. And I also think having grace towards people and having compassion to hearing people's side of their stories. Yeah, honestly, the same. (laughs) One last question, guys. Hennessy's, you kept mentioning that you are Hennessy's. Yeah. What does your name signify? My name literally means beginning, Mm because it's the first book of the Bible. So in that sense, I do feel inspired to live by it and to to be the first, Mm -hmm. even though it feels, why should I have to be, right? Why Mm -hmm. should I have to be the first? Mm -hmm. But if it is necessary, I am more than willing to be first, right? So I love that inspiration that comes from my name. Mm -hmm. The other thing it it means, um, it's part of like my identity and my roots and and being Puerto Rican. And yeah, it's just uh, a continuous reminder of actively choosing not to assimilate to society. Wow. That's what it means to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really know the, I mean, my background for my name is literally my family, like family friend had a name, first name Shiloh, and they're like, we're going to name you after the family friend. But I guess yeah. to me, I didn't really think about, like, I was thinking when you were talking, and I was like, what does my name really mean? I, mm-hmm. The only word I can really associate with is, like, energy, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like when I'm in a room, whether or not I know you or not, I have, like, a presence whether that's like a, you perceive that as good or you perceive that as bad and then it's kind of like do I talk to her do I not talk to her because I also see like other people with like different energies and like that's just how I like try to interact with like if I see someone I'm like oh I feel like they have like they, they're giving off like this really nice energy about yeah. them like they seem nice they seem like they want to have a conversation I'm like can I sit next to you we talk mm-hmm. you know see how that goes and then vice versa I can like look at someone and be like, I'm not sure about that. But then I also sometimes have to check my biases. I'm like, is this something mm-hmm. that's internal that I'm like looking at someone being like, oh, they remind me of somebody from my past, therefore they're yeah. bad, which is not always the case. Yeah. So, you know, active yeah. learning and things like that. Um, but I think the question a while back is um, what you want to see more. Yeah. And I also said, like, I want to add like passion, just people pursuing what they're passionate about. <laughs> Even like in college, some people are going to school, you know, to, like, make money. And that's important. But I also, if you are doing that, I want you to know, like, still pursue your passions, like, on the side. Like, don't kill that part of yourself because that's something that, like, moves you. That's something you want to do. Like, you know, if you're going to be a doctor, like, do that. But if you also, like, I really like to dance. I really like to paint. Like, make time. Like, take time to do that. Like, that's something that you enjoy. Like, please, I'm telling you to do that. (laughs) Take care of yourself. Like, do things that you're passionate about. If you like to cook, make time to cook. If you, you know, you like to nap, yeah. take time to nap. <laughs> so just pursue your passions and like share that with people that you you care about. Yeah, it's very inspiring, guys. 
Yeah. Thank you guys for coming on the no, show. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I feel honored. Me too. <laughs> ditto, ditto. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Thank, thank you. you. Yes to Tom is a branch of Meredith College newspaper, The Herald, to inform our students on what is happening in present-day discussions, as well as present real-life stories within our communities on different subjects. All comments, views, and statements are from the individual and do not represent the newspaper staff or the school. I'm Sofia Gomez, and this is Yes to Tom.